Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit cornerstonerome.com. We are in week three. Week three and my final week. So this week, I'm just going to get loose. I'm going to shake it up, right? I'm not going to be the more conserved and reserved person. Why? Because after this week, I'm done. (laughs) So you're about to get everything I have, even the squeaky feedback. You're going to get it all. And I'm going to lay it on the line as we go into this week. Because I also feel like this is the most important week out of all the three, three weeks. First week, we talked about in this focus series, we talked about being focused physically. And we said that in order to be focused physically, physically, we need to rest, right? And we need to remove distractions. In week two, we talked about, which was last week, we talked about focus emotionally. And we said that there are three things we need in this emotional soup so we can be emotionally focused. We said we needed the foundation of relationship and connectedness. We needed the structure of purpose and routine. And the beauty of trust and self-control. Well, this week, we're in the spiritual. We're in the spiritual focus. Because remember, as human beings, we are a soul. We live in a body. No, we are a spirit. We live in a body. And we possess a soul. So there's a spiritual side to everything we face. All right. With that said, I'm going to give you a little inside, inner, inner workings of me. I love a lot of things. And some things I don't like. Right. I'm not going to mention things I don't like because that's not important. Like Pastor Peter, I'm not going to mention that I don't like Pastor Peter. But nonetheless, I'm going to mention the things I do like. Like I love movies and I love music. And you put the two to two together. You get a musical, a movie and a music together. Oh, my goodness. I love musicals. I know what some of you guys saying. You pansy. Well, listen, I'm still a man, dog. You want to see the hair on my I'm not going to show you the hair on my chest. I'm a man. Rock. Oh, but I love musicals. I love musicals. I'm talking about Rent. I'm talking about Wicked. I'm talking about Grease. I'm talking about Fa- uh, Fire Heart Beast. I'm talking about uh, Hamilton. I'm not going to waste my shot. You guys know what I'm talking about. I love musicals. And I love going to Broadway. I haven't done this a lot, but I have had the opportunity to go to New York and view things. I mean, view a musical on Broadway. Right. And one of the very first musicals I've seen on Broadway, I was with a couple people. Um, I got to see Lion King. Oh, like I grew up watching Lion King back in, the, you know, back in the early 80s. Right. Whenever it came out. And then I got to see it on on Broadway when they put it to life to music. And let me let me let me help you guys. Into, I'm a I'm gonna create a musical scene for you right now. Right. We're sitting there in the audience. Right, we see the lions come in. We see the elephants. We, I'm, I'm sitting in my chairs, and these animals are just coming. They're not real animals; they're created animals, but they look real, right? The animals come galloping in, right? And then you see the giraffe. The giraffes come in, and you hear all this music. I don't know the words. Right? It was amazing. I was blown away. The monkeys, the giraffes, all the animals. And then you get there, the circle alive. Again, I don't know the words, but you know the words, right? And it moves away. And we're sitting there, and I'm just, 
I am all in. I'm loving it. It's my, I'm bumping my wife. I'm like giggling. I'm trying to be a man, you know, because we try to act hard. You know, we don't really. It's okay. It's cool. But on the inside, I'm like bubbling up. I love this, right? There's everything. Oh, there goes Simba. There goes Mufasa. Ah, it was amazing. Right, right before my eyes. I see it all. The music, the sound. Oh, it, was, it just drew us right in. But the best part that happened during this time was us being able, because I knew somebody that was in the play. He happened to be one of my kids at church. He played young Simba on Lion King Live on, on Broadway. He got us behind scenes. We got to go peek behind the curtains and see all these wonderful creatures. And we got to see there was nothing really going on. But it still was cool because we got to peek behind curtains. We got to see the actors and the actresses, right? We got to see all how they made these animals move. It was like a bunch of wood and sticks and they got them gallop around, right? We got to see behind scenes, peek behind curtains to see what was really going on. That although we saw on stage these animals and Lion King, again, we got to go behind curtains and see what was really going on. That although these things were happening on stage, People were working behind scenes to making it happen. These animals, these created creatures, whatever it was, they weren't doing it by themselves. There actually was more working behind scenes. And I, could, I thought about this when I was thinking about today's lesson. Because I wonder if we realize that our life is kind of like a play. Now, don't shut me off right now because I know you're like, well, I'm not a play. Nobody's telling me what to do. I just want you to hear this out. Our life is kind of like a play. The Bible even tells us, the, the, the word tells us that it's here today, it's gone tomorrow, right? That Jesus was created. He came out of time. He stepped into time to go back out of time, right? When Jesus stepped into time, he stepped into a human being. But he realized that he was in the beginning and he'll be there in the end. That even though our time frame is from here, he still will last forever. So the behind scenes, I mean, what we see on stage is just temporary, Right. It's just really a play. I'm not I don't want to call your life a play, but I want you to hear this because what's really happening behind scenes, the spiritual well is even more important than what we see right here. That's even more important than this stage. Correct. So today, as we look at this spiritual, well, I want to I want to dig into this. I want us to. Take a moment and breathe and we're going to read some texts that give us insight to what's going on behind scenes, right? And I promise you guys that there was more behind scenes. I promise this in the last couple of chapters, right? As we were looking at Mark chapter four, we saw that Jesus and his disciples were in a storm and Jesus was in a boat. He told his disciples, let's go to the other side of the lake. And he went to sleep. And as he got out, as he got on the boat, he was sleeping. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a fierce storm came. The disciples freaked out. They finally woke up Jesus. He got up. He calmed the wind and the rain. He rebuked the winds and the rain, I mean waves. He rebuked the disciples. Then they carried on. We're going to pick up our story. And now as we pick up the story, I'm going to slow down a little bit because I want to read a, a text and I want to tell you something about the text. It may take a little bit longer, but if you bear with me, I'm going to give you three points at the end to help us to stay focused. So let's dig into it. In Mark chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. So they arrived on the other side of the lake in the region of Gerson. I hope that's how you say it. But the region of Gerson. Here's what I want to realize real quick as you draw in. 
you got to realize this region that they were going to was once a part of the 12 tribes of Israel, right? There was a tribe. There was actually a couple of tribes, part of the tribe that decided that they were going to stay on this side. They chose this side. God gave them the promised land, but this group of people, I believe it was the Manassans, but don't quote me on that. They decided they're going to stay on this side of the lake by their own choice, by their own free will. They're going to stay on this side of the lake. Remember that. Then it says this. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out of the tombs to meet him. I want you to realize this. Matthew tells us that there were two men. Mark and Luke tell us it was one man, but Matthew tells us it was two men, right? So some believe that they just focus on the one man because they probably, he was the one that was probably doing most of the speaking. So whether it's two or one, that's not, that's not as important as it is what's going on. What's very important for us to realize is that people can be possessed by demons, People can be possessed by evil spirits. And it's not just demons. I want you to realize that the devil is real, that his demons are real, that the spiritual realm is real. If you don't believe me, hmm, I don't know how to explain that to you. If you don't believe me, it's probably because you got a veil that's blinding you from seeing it. But I'm going to try to explain it a little bit more. Because I love this quote in the... The Usual Suspect, which is a movie. I love movies. It says this, and he was borrowing it from somebody else. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And a lot of us today believe that the devil and the demons and all that stuff, that's not real. That's a hocus pocus. That's all that's not real. I hate to tell you that this spiritual battle we're in is real. We are a body. I mean, we are a spirit. We live in a body. We possess a soul. All right, let's carry on. This man lived in burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with chains. Whenever he, put in, whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains with his, I mean, from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Luke tells us that this man didn't only just do these things, but he was naked, naked and homeless. Whoa, that's a whole nother side to the story, right? That's a whole nother point. Not only was this man cutting himself, he was in the taze, he was living, I mean, in the, the, the tombs, he was living among dead people, but he also was butt naked. Man, if I'm Jesus, I'm like, I'm getting back in the boat. I don't want to see all that. Nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. I don't want to see a naked man coming up, running up to me out of nowhere. Okay, sorry. Time out. I think I'm on the wrong land. I think I was supposed to go back to the other side. My bad. <laughs> we in the wrong area, right? So, here was this man, and what we need to understand is that this man was so strong that it said that no one could subdue him. They put him in chains often to try to calm him down, but as the spirits were in him, he would just break it. People in that area was like, what in the world is going on? This man has to be crazy, or these men have to be crazy, because he's harming himself. He's howling like a werewolf. He's howling. Oh! He's howling, right? He's living among dead things. There's something not right about these guys. Catch that. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. I thought we just read that it said that no one could subdue this man. Jesus hadn't lifted a finger. Jesus hadn't said a word. Jesus just stepped onto property, onto the grounds in that area. And once he stepped onto that area, these demon-possessed men came running out to him. 
I have to say, is there more to this story? Is it just by coincidence that these men were happened to be looking at that time, looking to see if Jesus was coming? No, no. Is it more to the story? Or is it just by coincidence that they happen to get a glimpse of a man stepping on the lake and say, you know what, we're about to go scare him. But then when they got there, it wasn't just scaring them. They ran to bow before him as if to say, you're in authority. You're in charge. We, our power is very, is limited to your power. We can't do anything against you. Notice this. They ran to his feet. He didn't run to theirs. But he said that no one could subdue these men. Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. I love that. So let's carry on. I got to make sure I pay to it. Pay to it. It says, it's with a shriek, he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Again, you guys, I just, I'm pausing because I want you to realize there was something about Jesus that they knew. And they're right here. They told us that it was the son of God. These men knew that the son of God was coming. And so at this point, I want to stop because I want you to realize that maybe this storm happened and the curtain behind what was really happening was maybe the evil spirits, was, which was in control of this area, was like, hold on, we got to stop Jesus from coming. And because Jesus took this time, we got to see some of these things, right? So maybe when they saw him, they knew he was coming. They were expecting him, right? Because they knew the war was coming to them. There was, they knew that this man of God was coming on their property. So if we stop him before we get on property, maybe we got him. So they threw up the storm to distract the disciples. But Jesus wasn't distracted. Maybe the storm happened because these demons controlled the storm. Or they had a hand in the storm. Maybe. Let's keep going. It says that for Jesus had already said to the spirits, come out of the man, you evil spirit. I don't, I don't particularly don't understand that part. Because Jesus doesn't say things more than once. He never had, never needed to. He just said the word, come out, and it came out. This is very interesting that it tells us that Jesus had already told him to come out. But then... To give us some really good insight, he continued the conversation with these demons. He wanted us to see more of what's going on behind scenes. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legions, because there are many of us inside this man. Legion was a military term. Legion represented three to 6,000 people. They're saying that there were three to 6,000 people or demons inside this man that lets me believe that there's more going on that this is not just one demon that they're dealing with that maybe this area is being controlled by a force that we can't see that maybe this area has more going on behind scenes that we can't see with our natural eyes then the evil spirit begged them again and again not to send them to some distant place and Luke's gospel tells us that the demons begged Jesus not to send them to the bottomless pit the bottomless pits was their, their reckoning day. That was their moment. That, that was the last destination. That was their final destination. So they begged Jesus that, to not send them to the bottomless pit. But what they didn't realize was the hour and time for them to get to sent to the bottomless pit had not come. 
You, are, you, are you getting this? Are you, are you understanding what's going on? They begged Jesus not to send them to the bottomless pit because all they know is that God was here on ground and they expected that when God showed up, it was time for them to leave. When authority arrives, that means all the authority that I had in this land is over. And Jesus, he knew that the time was not there yet, that these people, were, these demons were still allowed to have authority as long as people allowed it. Because what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What we loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Basically, what you allow will be allowed. What you don't allow won't be allowed. Pretty simple, right? There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hairsides nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirit begged. Let us enter into them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirit came out of the man and entered into the pigs, and the entire herd of 2,000 pigs plunged down uh, the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Here's what I want to say about this. I want to go back to the original uh, people who had this land, the Israelites. And the Israelite custom, when they owned the property, that you would never saw pigs because pigs were unclean. So understand, and this is a progression I want you to get to. The moment we decide our own way, The moment we choose that I'm not going to do things God's way, I'm going to do things my way. God being the loving God that he is, he gave us free will to choose. But the moment we decide that my way is better, like these children of Israel, the one of the 12 tribes, it was probably it was multiple tribes, actually. But one of these groups in this land decided that I don't want the promised land that you gave me. We prefer this property. At that moment, they were given to do whatever they wanted. And the progression, what we don't see behind scenes is the moment we choose sin, we're opening the door for devil to come rule our life. I I say it this way. It says this in James. James was great in this. James chapter 1, it says this. Temptation comes from our own evil desires, which entice us and draws us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Sin was allowed to grow in this area. And it gave birth to demon possession in this land. It gave birth to being allowed to have pigs. I'm sure it didn't start with having pigs, but I'm sure it was a natural progression. One moment they chose, I'm going to be in this property. Next moment they chose, you know, we don't, that rule is not okay. Next moment they chose, you know what, we're going to take God out of schools. Next moment they're going to say, you know, we're going to take God out of the Pledge of Allegiance. Next moment say, you know, we're going to take God off the back of a dollar bill. Next moment say, you know, we're going to allow people to choose life for themselves. It's a, it's, it may seem like simple choices, but it's a progression that say, enemy, You have your way. When God says, I don't want anything to control you, you're saying, I'm voluntarily giving the enemy a chance to control me because the end result is death. These demons were in control of the area because people had allowed it. They had chosen it, and they didn't realize it because the moment, the first step you take away from God, you're taking it towards something. And what we don't realize, I love this, I'm just using the animal. (laughs) The first step we take away from God, we're, we're walking towards something. Just know that. I'm going to try to get through this really quick because I, I just want to make sure I'll be mindful of your time as you're sitting <laughs> on the couch. Um, says this. The herdsmen fled to the nearby towns and the surrounding countrysides, spread the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus 
and they saw the man uh, who had been possessed by the legions of demons. How did they know that? But that's just neither here nor there. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others about the, uh, the demon-possessed man and the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Jesus will always allow us to do what we want to do. That's, that is not even, you know, if you choose to walk away from Jesus and you choose to go your own path, that's on you. But I want you to see something here. That this spiritual fight where Jesus opened the curtains for us to see was more than we thought. That they thought it was just a man that was naked, crazy, wounded himself. Jesus opened the curtain and said, hey, there's more going on. I want you to see this. That the disciples thought it was just a storm. Jesus knew that this was an attack. This was a distraction to try to take us off course. Don't let your distractions take you off course. I'm going to remind you that. Stay focused, right? And then they got on the land, and they, the people there thought it was just this crazy man, that he's just being possessed. We don't know what's going on. Jesus said, you know what? No, this is a man in need of freedom, that he has been locked up and in chains by the enemy because he chose his own path. But I'm there so that this man can be set free because... It only takes one, one light in an area to bring light to a whole region. It only takes one. If you're listening right now, it only takes one. God has set free who the Lord has set free is free indeed, right? If God has set free you from stuff, you are a light to your area. You don't, you're not in, in control by the spirit, uh, evil spirit. You are not under authority of, of dominions and powers. You have complete rule over your area so walk in that bone is like jesus had when he stepped in the area when he stepped on grounds right he didn't allow the enemies to do anything to him he's they can't run out to his feet bow down at him because he was in control walk like jesus walked so how do we stay focused i'm gonna give you these points and it's gonna go a little bit faster there's three things we need to think about right as we're trying to stay focused spiritually um number one is we need to start looking up and not around. Understand, in Luke chapter 21, 28, it says this. So when you see all these things happening, end time prophecy, when you see all these things happening, stand and look up for your, your salvation is near. Stop looking around. Right? Stop looking around. God wants you to look up towards the heaven. Open your eyes to see what's really going on behind the curtains. Open your eyes to see that Jesus is in full control. I'm reminded of uh, Elijah, right? And he was surrounded by this army and his servant came out and he saw this army surrounded him in 2 Kings. And he saw this army surrounded him and Elijah was like, hey, you ain't got to worry about this. Don't freak out. Just stay focused. And he's like, how can you do this? How can you stay focused? Let me do this. Let's pray. God opened his eyes. When he opened his eyes, when God opened his spiritual eyes, he saw that although there was tons of actual armies surrounding them in the spirit realm those angels were surrounding them the angels outnumbered the people that were coming against them right look up turn your eyes to God he's the most important thing number two I want to tell you this you want to fight the war spiritual spiritually you want to fight the war in the spiritual. I'll make sure I say that correctly. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. My fight is not 
with the things and the people that are on stage right now. My fight is what's going on behind curtains. Because the things and the people that's on stage right now are being controlled by one thing or another. And if we understand that, that when we have to get behind the curtains and we got to fight the good fight that God has given us to fight, then we can actually win this battle. Paul told us to put on the full armor of God, right? He said, put on your helmet of salvation, your your bless, your breastplate of righteousness, your belt of truth, your shoes prepared with the gospel of peace, taking up the sword of spirit, sword of spirit and the shield of faith. And then he said, above all these things, he wants you to pray in the spirit. Pray at all times for all men. It's not just praying. It's understanding that the full armor is there for you. Protect your head, protect your heart, protect your your mind, your feet being prepared. Understand that everywhere I step, God is with me. Having the shield of faith, telling the devil that you can throw whatever you want at me. I know and I trust my God. And then taking the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, to pierce those fiery darts that the enemy throws at you. And you jab right into his guts. It's more than just prayer. All right. Final thing. As we wrap up, you need to die daily. That's a big one. If you're going to stay spiritually focused, you need to die to yourself daily. Galatians says this in in verse 2. I mean, 2, 2. In chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul was telling us. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. You need to die to yourself. You need to crucify yourself daily. You need to physically wake up. And say, it's not I that live. I'm using my my puppet. It's not I that lives, but it's Christ who lives through me. We got to die to ourselves. It's more than just every day choosing God's way. You got to surrender your life to his. Even Jesus did this. I love Jesus. Because when he came here to earth, he said, I not live. Let me make sure I say this correctly. I surrender my authority to God. And I do only what he tells me to do, what the Father tells me to do. You guys, today, while you're watching online, I want to tell you this. The Father sent Jesus, took him out of eternity, and put him here in, in, in earth during our time frame to show us a better way. And while Jesus was here, he opened our eyes to so much more. He opened our eyes to see that we're in a fight, that we're in a battle, not just against flesh and blood, but against spiritual. And if you've been dealing with some things today and you're sitting there like, you know, I need somebody to pray with and for me because I've been in a spiritual battle and I didn't even realize it. I'm coming against the attack of the enemy from all sides. I'm going to pray for you. And I want you to know that Jesus made a better way, that he died so that you can have life. So if you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord Savior right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for your son. I thank you for loving me enough to send him here for him to die on the cross for my sins. I have chosen my own way up to this point, but no longer do I want that. I want your way. I want you to have your will in my life. I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today, I want to just give you a, a, a hand clap. Amazing. You can give us some likes up in the, in the, uh, on the screen. Those are all amazing. Listen, you guys, if you said that prayer, I want you to know 
that you can go to connect at cornerstonerome.com and there'll be somebody there to chat with you about this situation. If you said that prayer, that's a life-changing decision. Jesus is real. He wants to transform your life. And we want to put some things in your hand to help you along that journey. So you can go over there right now and we want to say congratulations to you. And as we close, I want to sing this. I just got it, got it in my head right now. I'm, I'm not going to sing it. because I feel like a musical again. But as we close, I want to tell you this. It was in my head. Uh, I want you, don't forget, I want you to join us this Wednesday on live at cornerstonerome.com. We're going to do a re-airing of today's message. Invite some of your friends. Invite some of your coworkers. Invite some of your family to realize that there's more for their life. Maybe there's some things in here that jumps out to them that you wouldn't even imagine. Maybe all they need is a word of encouragement to change their life around. So we hope to see you back on Wednesday night. And join in. It's going to be a major time. And finally, I want to pray this prayer with you. Oh, by the way, it's at, uh, the, the chat will open up at 6.30. And we start service at 7. I want to say this prayer for you. And found, I know the book. In Numbers chapter 6, I know the book. And Mr. Joey just put it up on the screen for me. It says this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. You guys have a great, great week. We love you guys. See you next time. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.